Chapter Twenty Four of Dawn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sunny. Dawn by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Twenty Four, as Susan saw it. It was the town talk, of course, the homecoming of John McGuire. Men gathered on street corners, and women clustered about backyard fences and church doorways. Children besieged their parents with breathless questions, and repeated to each other in awe-struck whispers what they had heard. Everywhere was horror, sympathy, and interested speculation as to how he'd take it. Where explicit information was so lacking, imagination and surmise eagerly supplied the details and Mrs. McGuire's news of the blinding of John McGuire was not three days old before a full account of the tragedy from the beginning to end was flying from tongue to tongue, an account that would have surprised no one so greatly as it would have surprised John McGuire himself. To Susan, Dorothy Parkman came one day with this story. "'Well, it ain't true!' disavowed Susan succinctly, when the lurid details had been breathlessly repeated to her. "'You mean he isn't blind?' demanded the young girl. Oh, yes, he's blind, all right, poor boy. But it's the rest I mean, about his killing twenty-eight Germans single-handed and being all shot to pieces himself and benighted for bravery. But what did happen? We don't know. We just know he's blind and coming home. Miss McGuire had two letters yesterday from John, but— From John himself? Yes, but they was both writ long before the catastrophe, and course they didn't say nothing about it. He was well and happy, he said. She'd had only one letter before these for a long time, and now to have this. Yes, I know, it's terrible. How does Mr. Keith take it? Susan opened wide her eyes. Why, you've seen him. You've seen him yesterday yourself, Miss Dorothy. Oh, I saw him in a way. "'But not the real him, Susan. "'He's miles away now, always.' "'You mean he ain't civil and polite?' demanded Susan. "'Oh, he's very civil. "'Too civil, Susan. "'Every time I go, I say I won't go again. "'Then, when I get to thinking of him sitting there alone all day, "'and of how he used to like to have me read to him and play with him, "'I, I just have to go and see if he won't be the same as he used to be.' but he never is. I know, Susan shook her head mournfully, and he ain't the same, Miss Dorothy. He don't ever whistle, nor sing now, nor play solitary, nor any of them things he used to do. Oh, when folks comes in, he braces back and talks and laughs. You know that. But in the exclusion of his own home, here he just sits and thinks and thinks and thinks. And Miss Dorothy, I found out now what he's thinking of. Yes? It's John McGuire and them other soldiers that's coming back blind from the war. And he talks and talks about em and mourns and takes em something dreadful. He says he knows what it means and that nobody can know that hadn't had it happen to them. And he broods and broods over it. I can imagine it, the girl said with a little catch in her voice. And... And there's something else I want to tell you about. I've got to tell somebody. I want to know if you think I've done right, and you're the only one I can tell. I've thought it all out. 
Daniel Burton is too near, and Miss McGuire and all them others is too far. You ain't a relation, and yet you care. You do care, don't you, about Mr. Keith? Why, of, of course I care a great deal, Susan. Miss Dorothy spoke very lightly, very impersonally, but there was a sudden flame of color in her face. Susan, however, was not noticing this. Furtively she was glancing one way and another over her shoulder. Yes, well, the other day he, he tried to, that is, well, I, I found him with a pistol in his hand, and Susan, the girl had gone very white. Oh, he, he didn't do it. Well, that ain't a very sensitive statement, is it? For if he had done it, he wouldn't be alive now, would he? Broke off Susan with a faint smile. But what I mean is, he didn't do it, and I don't think he's going to do it. But, oh, Susan, faltered the girl, you didn't leave that, that awful thing with him, did you? Didn't you take it away? No, Susan's mouth set grimly, and that's what I wanted to ask you about, if I did right, you know? Oh, no, no, Susan, I'm afraid, shuddered the girl. Can't you get it away now maybe i know where tis i was up there yesterday and seen it twas in the desk drawer in the attic just where it used to be then get it susan get it oh please get it begged the girl i'm afraid to have it there a single minute but miss dorothy stop wait just a minute think how's he going to get self-defiance and make a strong man of himself if we take things away from him like he was a little baby i know susan but if he should be tempted he won't he ain't no more i'm sure of that i talked with him besides i ain't caught him up there once since that day last week oh i'm free to confess i have watched him admitted susan defensively with a faint smile but what did happen that day you you found him oh he had it handling it and when he heard me he jumped a little and hid it under some papers my miss dorothy was awful i was that scared and frightened i thought i couldn't move but i knew i'd got to and i knew i'd got to move right too or i'd spoil everything this wasn't no ten-cent melody drama down the movies but I had a humane soul there before me, and I knew maybe its whole internal salvation might depend on what I said and did. But what did you say? I don't know. I only know that somehow, when it was over, I had a feeling that he wouldn't never do that thing again. And somehow, the man in him was on top, and would stay on top. And I'm more sure than ever of it now. He ain't thinking of hisself these days. It's John McGuire and them others. And ain't it better that he lets that pistol alone of his own free will and accordance and know he was a man and no baby than if I'd taken it away from him? I suppose it was, Susan, but I don't think I'd have been strong enough to make him strong. Yes, you would, if you'd been there. I reckon we're all going to learn to do a lot of things we never did before, now that the war has come. Yes, I know, a quivering pain swept across the young girl's face. Somehow, the war never seemed real to me before. It was just something way off. A lot of dagos and Dutchmen, 
like the men that dug up the mcguire's frozen water pipes last spring fightin not our kind of folks what talked english even when i read the papers and the awful things they did over there it didn't seem as if twas folks on our earth it was like something you read about in them old historic days or something happening up on the moon or on a plantation of mars oh of course i knew john mcguire had gone but somehow i never thought of him as fightin not with guns and bloody gore in spite of them letters of his some way in my mind's eye i always see him marchin with his flags flyin and folks cheerin and i thought the war'd be over anyhow by the time he got there but now why now they're all gone our own teddy summers and tom spencer and little jackie green that i used to hold on my knee some of em in france and some of em in the army canteens down to air and texas and everywhere and poor tom's died already of pneumonia right here in our own land and now poor john mcguire i'll tell you miss dorothy it brings it right home now to your own heart where it hurts it certainly does susan and let me tell you what you s'pose more'n anything else made me see how really big it all is i don't know susan well i'll tell you twas because i couldn't write a poem on it sure enough susan i don't believe i've heard you make a rhyme to-day smiled miss dorothy susan sighed and shook her head yes i know i don't make a much now somehow they don't sing all the time in my heart and burst out natural-like as they used to i think them days when i tried so hard to sell my poems and couldn't kinder took the jest out of poets and for me somehow when you find out something is invaluable to other folks it gets so it's invaluable to you i s'pose still even now when i set right down to it i can most always write em right off most as quick as i used to but i couldn't on this war i tried but it just wouldn't do i begun it oh woe is me said the bayonet oh woe is me said the sword then the whole awful frightfulness of it and the bigness of it seemed to swallow me up and i felt like a little pigment overtopped and surrounded by great tall mountains of horror that were tumbling down one after another on my head and bearing me down so far and deep that i couldn't say anything only to moan oh lord how long oh lord how long and i knew there was too big for me i didn't try to write no more i can see how you couldn't faltered the girl as she turned away i'm afraid we're all going to find it too big for us end of chapter twenty four recording by sunny